Hey everybody, welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about all things Japan in English. My name is Mitch, and I'm here with... Josh. Josh, what's going on with your hair? Actually, today, I just pulled out a gray hair. That's not what I'm asking. I know that's your not what I'm asking. Like, I'm, I'm having hair issues. <laughs> your hair is just like, it just keeps getting longer and more wildly. Yeah, I don't know how to set it. You know what you should do? You should have your wife cut your hair. Like, you, you should just like save money, teach your wife how to do it. And she can screw up a couple of times. It's okay. You're already married. It's not, you don't have to press anybody. Yeah, that's true. Anybody. And then eventually you can be like Hayato because Hayato, just, his wife cuts his hair. Isn't his wife like a makeup artist though? Yeah, but, you know, your wife is cute. She'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Roll that intro. Seriously, though, the hair, like, the other day I, I saw it. I think you didn't even bother to set it. You just, like, came to work. I was just like, are you okay? Do we need to talk about your hair? Well, most days I don't set my hair. Most days I don't set my hair. Something I've never said before. Wow. What did Nancy say about me? She's like, the most impressive thing about you, Mitch, is that your hair never changes. And I'm like, that's not nice. It's just it's so much more, more, there's better things to say, Natsuki. Fucking Natsuki. That's an impressive thing. That's an impressive thing. Well, she also she also just recently started doing makeup again. Because she's like, I should be a woman again after having two kids. And I'm just like, what does that mean, Natsuki? Like, there's so many levels of, like, I don't know, sexism in that. Just like, I don't even know what to go. Hey, guys, we got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to start uh, off the news with the headliner story. We're going back to Sushi Roll. So there's this video that's been, uh, it was first, I think, uploaded to TikTok, and now it's making the rounds around uh, Twitter. Basically, this girl is like trying to squeeze another, one condiment into another condiment, and she thinks it's funny, which it isn't. I, I mean, at least it's it's a terrible thing to do, but at least it's better than like licking, licking it. Licking the like, poor sushi as it goes by. Like I gagged when I saw that original video. I just, I just, I feel so bad for Sushi Roll because it's actually a really good place to go to. And like, I just feel like somebody should be helping them out. I feel like it's actually been pretty good for publicity. Like, for example, uh, there are Japanese celebrities that are on patrol to help revolving sushi chain Sushiro. Sushiro has a number of different uh, online celebrities that are helping promote and keep a watch on uh, Sushiro now. Like there are various YouTube celebrities such as uh, Hajime Shacho, uh, there's Poke Kamen, Hikaru, DJ Shacho, and my favorite one is the rogue mascot, Chitan. Chitan, can we play that video? Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, I don't have the video ready, but I have a picture of it, but I'll, I'll put it in put, afterward. Put it in afterwards. The, the video is so freaking good. Like Chitan, if you haven't watched like last weekend tonight with... Uh, uh, Oliver. What's oh his yeah, name? Uh, Jamie Oliver. No, is that his name? I think John so. Oliver. His name is John, John Oliver. Oliver. Oh, that was a J. So like he, uh, yeah, he he did this whole expose on Cheetan. If you haven't seen it, guys, YouTube. You know, last week tonight, John Oliver Cheetan. It's a fucking amazing. Yeah. So good. All right, getting back to actual real news. Uh, we're talking about UFOs here, guys, um, but not the alien kind, more like the Chinese float over your country and spy on your kind. See, this is like, you know, I don't know why this is such a big thing in America. They're like, oh, my God, the Chinese are floating. It's like, dude, come on, just shoot them down. Um, anyway, so Japan's ruling bloc OK is easing weapon use against flying objects. The plan, explained by the government officials during a meeting at the Liberal Democratic Party, which is my favorite, would enable the, the self-defense forces to fire weapons to secure the safety of air traffic and protect the lives and properties of people uh, on the ground. Currently, the Japanese forces can uh, use arms only for legitimate self-defense or avoidance of clear and present danger, while the SDF, the self-defense forces law, stipulates that necessary measures can be taken if foreign aircraft enter Jap Japanese skies. 
So basically, if there's a floaty balloon, it's got a little Chinese flag on it, shoot that shit down. Oh, it makes sense to me. But don't do it. But here's the thing. The only controversial thing about this is the fucking idiots in America, because they always got to fight with each other. And they're like, well, Biden's not doing his best to shoot the balloons down. It's like, and the military, Biden has nothing to do with this, just the military. They're like, "Uh, wait until the balloon is in overpopulated areas, and then we'll shoot it down. Because you have no idea what's in it. It could be a surveillance balloon. It could be filled with chemicals. You have no idea. So they're like, please wait. Yeah. So they waited until the balloons, like over, like one was over a lake, one was over uh, the ocean. Other balloons, they like they shot them down. They looked at them. They just seem like they're like enthusiast balloons, because NORAD has a sensitivity on their radar, and they're like, we don't care about objects that are this size, that are balloon size. And then they're like, let's turn it up the sensitivity. And they're like, oh shit, we found some more objects. And they went and intercepted them, and it's just probably people fucking around with balloons because it's America. It's free, America. Right, and they're like, "Oh, the country's under attack." No, it's not. Shut the fuck up. And neither is Japan. Japan had three balloons that entered their airspace, probably from China, um, over the last, since 2019, and they're probably surveillance balloons. And now they can shoot them down. So good job. Don't let them in the country. Great, awesome. Government revises PM's pledge to d- double Japan's budget for children. That's it. They just want to make spending on uh, children. Let's see. Right now, it is two percent of GDP of Japan, uh, and they're going. They want to uh, increase it to Japan's budget for childcare and family support stood at around ten trillion yen, seventy-five billion dollars, in fiscal year twenty twenty, according to the two point one percent, which accounted for two point one percent of GDP in the year. Um, in comparison, Sweden, which is not really a good comparison because like the Nordic countries, you know, they all got those great social pro- programs. Sweden spent 3.46% and the United Kingdom spent 2.98%. And Japan, or America didn't make the list because we don't care about our fucking kids. Speaking of budget. Well, I wanted to ask you about that though. <laughs> I know you're trying to segue to me, but like, does it say how they were going to spend the budget? How? Well, it's probably what they were going to do is they're going to do a couple of things. They're going to probably hire more, more hoikushi uh, nursery school teachers. Maybe give them a little bit of a raise because they currently get paid. The average hoikushi pay, I think, in Japan is like 14 mon a month, which equates to I think 900 US dollars. Wow. Um, that's for full-time work. And then their take-home pay after that is probably 800 US dollars. And so it's largely seen as like, a, oh, you must love the children. That's why you do this job because, you know, fuck, you don't get paid for it. So that sucks. And then um, the other thing that they're going to probably want to do is uh, increase the uh, tax credit for children and then also give uh, family stipends. They're, they're doing it in Tokyo and other places like that where they give them a cash benefit for having children right? Um, and things like that. But in general, unless you make serious overhauls to the childhood care programs in Japan, for one, make you know universal child daycare freely available to anybody who wants it. Not Don't do your stupid things. They, they have these things, guys, in Japan where it's like, let's say you're a married couple, okay? Husband goes to work. Uh, and let's make, say he makes a decent amount of money. Let's say he makes, I'm just going to do this in dollars because Yen has too many zeros. Let's say he makes $50,000 a year, okay? The wife, if she has a job, that she's got limited options. She's either, can't work enough, she can't work a lot. Otherwise, the daycare becomes very, very prohibitively expensive. Or she has to work only a few hours and, and make, you know, you know, a small amount of money so she can apply to, or not work at all, depending on the situation. So she can apply to have, you know, government assisted uh, nursery care, which is so dumb. And, you know, and the thing is, is like, if you have a shrinking population, I I keep bringing up the Star Trek episode of this. If you have a shrinking population, okay, you want to increase your workforce. Well, if you got a fleet of women sitting around in a house taking care of kids, when that could be, you know, subsidized with childcare, 
right? By childcare professionals and putting kids, you know this because you used to teach kids. One of the horrible things that happens with Japanese children is that they'll become, it's like the, this is actually, I think this is a greater Asian problem maybe, but it, it, you, you get into this, like the, the, the spoiled princess thing, um, where, or not princess, the spoiled prince thing where the mom has a son, for example, and it's like they're together all the time mm. and she just devotes her whole life to her little prince. And then when they go off to like an Eikaiwa in English school or something or, or piano or class or anything. anything, they just have mental breakdowns every day. They're like, why is my mom not here? Like, where yeah. is she? And then they've never been, they've never been socialized with other kids. Yeah. Um, their immune system is hurt because they've just been sitting at home all the time in a clean environment. They're not like, you know, sharing snot and boogers with each other, which they're supposed to do. That's what a human babies are supposed to do. I know it sounds gross, but it's yeah. what they're supposed to do. And, uh, and socialize and learn those important sharing and, you know, taking turns and all those important social skills that you start to learn from age three. Kids before age three can't socialize. They can play next to each other, but they can't play with each other in psychology. Um, and just like, you know, when kids are like one years old, they don't have object permanence. It's right. like, oh, the pen's gone. It's gone forever. Oh, it came back from, you know, yeah. the ether. Um, but anyway, so all those important things that tend to not happen in those weird situations where you have a married couple, you have... Especially, it just seems, I could be completely biased about this, guys. Tell me about your personal, if you live in Japan, tell me about your personal experiences in this country. But I feel it's always a mom with a son. I feel like if it's a mom and a daughter, they're like, get out of here. Go to daycare. <laughs> I would say in my experience, it's most of the time with the sons, especially if it's the first son. Mom and the son. But. My little prince. There are several cases that we've had with like little girls that had really bad separation issues no, no, separate, separation anxiety is a normal natural thing but it shouldn't happen when you're five <laughs> it's like, that's true it's like you're five years old and you've never been away from mommy not even once it okay. gets it gets weird when the mom is like also having a mental breakdown it's like a, like oh the best thing is when like the child is crying and because you, you the kid the teachers have to literally take the child away from the mom because like you know they'll scream and throw a fit and everything and it's like showing them it's okay you'll survive without your mom but then the mom will stay visually around the child yeah. and be like oh i love you i love you it's like go away mom you're causing more of a problem <laughs> yeah you're not necessary in the situation anymore thank you go get a coffee at the cafe or something like that she's like i love you don't cry and she comes close i'm like what are you doing what are we doing what, why are we doing this you know it's like it's anyway it's just i i understand the psychology you know they love yeah. their, their son or their daughter or whatever and they, they want to be close to them i get that that's great but if you have children you need to give them freedom you need to let them be around other kids anyway anyways back segueing, to budget back to budgeting <laughs> uh so when you go on a date, yeah. do you split the bill? Do you go and like, do you go Dutch? Do you pay? Why do they call it go doing Dutch? And also why is the, let's just get all the, the words out dirty. there. So do you guys know at home what the Japanese word for a blow up doll or like a sex doll, like a real doll is? Do you seriously? I don't know. It's called a Dutch wife. <laughs> why? I don't know why. I never bothered to look into it, but it's, it's called a Dutch wife. I just, so going Dutch means no, something no. different in Japan. No, like, like, yeah, that's what I was just thinking about it. Like some dude asked me one day, cause like, you know, I'm like forever single. He's like, so do you have a Dutch wife? And I was like, no, I don't have any wife. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, do you know what a Dutch wife is? Like, apparently not. Let's Google that. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Google recommendations. Yeah, like every, yeah, my Amazon recommendations were fucked for that yeah. point forward. <laughs> but what do you do usually when you go on a date? Uh, I thought we were talking about Dutch wife still. Yeah. Um, uh, if it's a date, I always pay for everything. Like I, I pay for everything. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, it, that's just how it is. You know, that's, I guess that's how I was raised. I don't know. I always feel like I just pay for everything. Yeah. I mean, that's how 
I was too when I was dating. Like I always now paid for I, everything. Now, if I was going out with some woman who was like way older than me and was like baller rich, mm. I'd just be like, yeah, I guess <laughs> in that situation too, I would do the same. But I, my kind of take on it is the person who invites the other person out should probably pay or at least offer to pay for it. I think it has to do with like the intention. If you like from as as you know a male, my my if my intention is to wine and dine and, and make a little romance, I just want the check to just be something that wasn't even there. Mm. And I you you've you've been around me when I do this like it's just like the meal is over. Okay, let's go to the next place. And then sometimes they're like, oh, what, what happened to the check? It's like, it's already taken care of. Don't worry. Let's just go. I don't want it to be a thing that we have to talk about. Yeah. Like, just don't worry about it. So that that's that's my thing. But yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, it's, and I know this sounds weird, but I think age also has something to do with it. Like, I wouldn't let younger people pay for me, especially if they haven't, if they're not far on, on along in their careers. Right. Like, I was talking to one of my American friends and uh, she was telling me how in their company they have the mentor mentee pro- uh, uh, like uh, system, which is like, you know, your senpai and, and kohai system. Right. And in Japan, the senpai, the, the mentor takes out the, the, the kohai, the mentee, I think that's a word, um, and uh, the teaches the kohai everything and also pays for the kohai. Right. It's like, I'm going to take care of you. Follow my lead. Yeah. In, a, in this situation, when my friend is doing in, a, in a, one of a very large American company, the mentee pays for the mentors. So it's kind of like they're paying back for that, the time, mentor's time, yeah. I guess. So I guess that's more of an equitable stance. But for me, I guess maybe it's the Jap- Japanese like influence. Mm. But like just I can't imagine, especially if somebody isn't far enough along in their career. I did have an ex much younger than me and made way more money than I do. Mm. And in that case, I was like, you know... When my ex was like, uh, I'll pay for this. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whatever. But aside from that, I figure like it comes more down to like just social economics. If I know like I'm out with like a 20 year old and he or she is like just starting off, just got out of college. I'm not going to split the bill with that person. Right. And if it's a date, I'm not spilling it. I'm not going to split the bill. I'll just take care of it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But well, in Japan, uh, they did a survey on a Japanese dating app called Omiyai. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that app before, but sounds exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> but uh, according to their survey, four times as many women in one age group expect the guy to pay for everything than another. So, what age group by the decade do you think? I'm gonna guess as the 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 age goes up, mm-hmm. as the person becomes older, mm-hmm. they're more used to the man paying for everything. And I think that probably, if that is the case, I think the reason that is, is most likely because if we take, let's say a 50, the fifties, right? When the, when the people who are currently in their fifties were in their twenties, that was peak bubble. Mm-hmm. And in that era, a man in Japan could have a, a single job and have a house, two cars, a wife, th- three kids and pay for it all with a single, with a single job. So I think that that's what they're used to. And that is no way in hell the, the reality of the current right. si- economic situation now. So I think if you're a teenager or a 20-year-old now, you know that like one, that whole era of like the man doing everything is is gone. And also the, the idea of like the man works and the woman has a, like a, you know, the family or leisure life is just not a, is not a thing anymore. Probably. Yeah, yeah you got it exactly right. It uh, When they asked like, do you want the guy, to, uh, they asked the woman, do you want the guy to pay for everything? 
uh, it basically raises in percentage from teens to fifties. Uh, like what do you call it? teens is the lowest per- or second lowest percentage, and then the highest percentage is women fifties. Mm. in the 50s i mean it makes sense economically if you look at the bulge i'm not talking about that bulge if you look at the population <laughs> bulge if you look at the the male and female you know the, the the graph for it the majority of the population is above 40 in japan yeah and so those are all the people who are making money right now anybody who's below 40 i'm i'm like 40 in a couple of weeks so i don't know where i fall in this but anybody who's above 40 makes all most of the the income in japan everybody below that is is like the remaining 10 or 15 percent of the income earners in japan so so you're going to start making a lot more money. This way. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how. I, I watched this comedian the other day. He, he's like the only comedian that uses PowerPoint in his in his stand-up. He's great. He used to be like a a, a physicist or an engineer or something like that. He turned into a comedian. I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. One, of the, one of his slides is like, one in five people in the, on, on Earth are Chinese because there's so many Chinese people in the world. You know, there's like one point whatever billion. He's like, so that means that if you've had four kids and none of them are Chinese, <laughs> your kid's going to be Chinese. <laughs> statistically like and but the thing the reason why that's doubly funny is one because it doesn't make any sense but two because actually people interpret statistics to mean that (laughs) like people actually do not understand how statistics work at all and you see it every single time there's like a double blind study that shows like there's a correlation non-causational correlation between two things and the news is like this just in coffee cures cancer and you're just like no it doesn't you're dumb But anyways, uh, going back to their study, like basically it says that uh, people in their teens, over 50% of them want to split the costs evenly, which I think is cool. Like it's good for progression and for like having men and women be equal going forward. I think if that did, becomes a new standard. Did you know what they did in Nordic countries? Did you hear about this? How they, they made by law, they, they, they legislated the, the closest thing to uh, equality, gender equality we've ever seen on planet earth. And do you know what happened? They both fell into their stereotypical roles, they right? They absolutely did. Yeah. The men became more men and the women became more wi- like what we consider like traditional, like feminine women. Yeah. Like so weird. And like all the social scientists were like, hmm. So that, that's the thing about social sciences. Like whenever you have like this like really strongly held opinion about something when it comes to like people, you're wrong because people are all over the place. Like economics is like the incentive based behavioral study of humans and like the economy and you're just like yeah and then a lot of times uh, like economists will tell you like we thought that everybody's gonna do this but they didn't because we're irrational as hell man we are weird weird people um let's talk about something a little bit serious oh, i have one, oh, more wait, one more thing about oh right about yeah. budget oh this is this is nonsensical yeah nonsensical. speaking of nonsense uh domino's japan changes medium si- uh, pizza size to small without changing size and confusing clarification. So basically, long story short, they used to have their pizza sizes be from order of smallest to largest, uh, be medium size, regular so- size, and then large size. So it went MRL. Wait, so, didn't it go ML and then it went and then they just inserted R in the middle? Yeah, they originally only had medium and large. Right. And then they're like, we need something in, in between. So let's add regular. Right. And then everybody's like, what the hell is a regular? Yeah. And then after that, they recently changed it to be small, medium, and large, which obviously makes a lot more sense. Have you ever tried to order from Domino's online? Uh, yeah, I have. It's the American app. Yeah. It's just like reformatted for Japan. So it's like half-assed Japanese. Yeah, it's it's very easy for uh, English speakers too. And it's actually a really good app on like yeah. anything that's ever been designed by a Japanese company. That's true. 
and you're just like and it's got great things in it it's got all the silicon valley nonsense in it it's got gambling in it because like i don't know why they want you to do this maybe it makes they pay attention because your order is actually on the way to your house so be aware that the dr- delivery dr- driver's on the way but if you pay attention to the app when the pizza is in the oven it gives you a chance to gamble really <laughs> yeah it gives you like three pizza boxes and you can choose one of them and it gives you a coupon i really had to struggle not to say coupon just right now yeah it gives you a coupon for some discount and based on the the best one is uh half off your next pizza so like and the shitty one i think is 10 percent off and then like the the oh you did okay it was a 25 percent off but yeah it's like this little gambling game that you can do while your oven your pizza's in the oven so you have to watch the app for when your pizza's in the oven for a coupon and there's probably some data-driven cohort study about why this makes more sense to some pencil neck silicon valley phd that figured this out and it's doing something to our behavior huh. well that's interesting because silicon valley just wants to fuck with you that's all they want to do just like push you to behave like this or push you to behave like that well i'm happy that they're changing it to sml because it especially in japan having r and l size like i don't know it's especially confusing best best uh, japanese domino because japanese dominoes is not real dominoes it's kind of like fake dominoes um but the best japanese dominoes pizza is the new yorker because that's actual real good pizza i've never had the new yorker it's really expensive that's the thing is pizza in japan is so fucking expensive yeah at it's least like the, it's not as bad as it was before. It's like the equivalent buying power. I mean, I don't want to say the the, the amounts because it won't make sense yeah. based on the different economies. But it's a, the equivalent buying power of like power of like forty dollars for a pizza, one pizza for like a standard, like chain chain pizzeria pizza. And they're smaller in size than they are in America too. Yeah, not that great. But there is Mochinaga, which is our like local. Yeah uh you know whatever and oh i forgot to talk about that one of the balloons that came to japan came to kagoshima yeah totally forgot about that see so one of those ufo balloons that came to kagoshima so we're on the map oh speaking of kagoshima we failed to launch yes we did do we have the is that lined up next (laughs) so this is actually really sad so mitsubishi corp made uh mitsubishi heavy i forgot the name of this rocket the can't see my eyes aren't that good anymore it's like the u3 or something i don't know put it on the screen later josh but anyway they're like they got to t minus three two one they ignited the main thrusters it kind of turned on a little bit and then just turned off and made some squealing noises and so they aborted the 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 launch this happened like hours ago so we have no breaking news yeah seriously this, this just happened um and yeah the chat was going crazy everyone was like i made it in time oh no it just didn't launch oh that's sad well it's better than the one that came before this that one blew up so yeah at least it didn't blow up look rockets are hard guys i'm not making fun of the japanese the rockets are fucking hard if you if there's a there's a a a montage of of spacex explosions and they 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 made it (laughs) they're like here's a record of all of our explosions like it's hard mm. space is very hard yeah. um and so it's, it's literally rocket science it is literally <laughs> rocket science but if you think about what a rocket is you're literally controlling a giant explosion over a long period of time i mean it's it's nuts anyway uh let's get on to something a little bit more social a little bit more serious uh central japan slashing shows risk abuse remains in remote relationships so have you ever been in a completely non-physical remote relationship before I've been in a long distance relationship, but not 
It wasn't that long, though. So I, Do you I would know say what no. the Japanese t- uh, word ofukai? Do you know what that means? Ofukai. It's is it a meeting offline? It is, but it's specifically about people who like basically only know each other on, uh, online. Mm, so, so people who meet like an online game or something. Games like that. or like VR chat or something uh-huh. like that. And they're like, let's do an ofkai, which is like an offline kai. It was like a party. Yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway, um, in a survey by Mitsubishi, has nothing to do with the exp- uh, failed rocket, uh, re- uh, research and consulting company, the think tank arm of a Japanese major financial company, blah, blah, blah. People who were asked whether they had experiences in exchanging contact information on messaging apps, such as Line. Line is like our WhatsApp uh, in, in some par- most parts of Asia. Uh, to continue interacting with others, they met through online gaming. Uh, among teens and people in their 20s, uh, with others, 20s, uh, around half of those polled said that they had done so. Even among those in their 30s and 40s, a surprisingly high 40% or 38.1% respectively had had such experience. So basically people who had met online, did they continue like in games and shit like that? Did they uh, continue that relationship through like other social media? Um, and then some people even meeting offline. Um, with competitive team-based games and the like, communicating while battling alongside each other can lead to a strong sense of com- uh, camaraderie. In July of 2020, a 39-year-old woman living in Aichi Prefecture hit it off with a, 34, a 37-year-old man living in the southwestern Japan uh, region of Kyushu, not Kagoshima. I don't actually know that. I'm just, hopefully Hopefully. Not. Um, and then they started exchanging line messages. However, the once gentle man suddenly changed and the relationship developed into what can now be called the woman's dark past. He forbade, such a great word, her from communicating with others other than her family and relatives and from using social uh, networks. She was no longer allowed to wear low-cut dresses. Uh, when he was in a bad mood, he would hurl abuse at her, calling her garbage and a liar. There's actually screenshots of their uh, back and forth and he would be like... Like, it would just be, like, message after message after message saying, Henji, 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 which means reply, 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 which is, like, super, like, just a telltale side of, like, power abuse. Um, and it's said that they would exchange... Where is this in the story? They would uh, they would exchange up to 500 messages a day. Jesus. And over their relationship, their four-month relationship, their message count, it hit roughly 60,000 messages. You're lucky if I, resp- if I re- reply to you that day. <laughs> Like, if I get back to you that day, you're lucky. Five messages is a record. 500 yeah, 500 messages. is... I can't even imagine, like, that's like a full-time job replying to someone 500 times a day. And it also said that they only met four times in person, the fourth time being the time when she... Wait, wait, wait. In November last year, the woman who apparently felt psychologically cornered was arrested on charges uh, including attempted murder after allegedly stabbing the man with a knife. While the man was also uh, arrested and accused of intimidation, the woman reflected, because he was not physically violent, I do not think of it as domestic violence. Well, that went south fast. Yeah, their fourth meeting... Natsuki proposed to her husband after two dates. Well, but they knew each other before that. This woman stabbed him after (laughs) 60,000 messages and four meetups. I don't even want to call them dates because I don't know. Yeah. Um, I I mean... The only only reason why they're sensational is because they met online. This is just an abusive dude taking advantage of probably a psychologically not very strong girl. Yeah. And the only reason why it's on the news is because, oh, they met online with that new fangled technology. Yeah, but I was thinking, like, you had an off-kai, technically, right? Oh, no, no. So, yeah. Okay, so I used to play EverQuest. I was uh, I was the ser- I was the, the leader of the top uh, guild on our server. The top guild in my server. And I tell you, 
dude i went to i didn't go to there's this thing I, what was it called shit fanfare i think it was called sony online entertainment fanfare mm, yeah, i think it's called fanfare and it was held in Vegas where I just happened to live and people actually paid money. Now it's totally cool to do this. But at that time it was fucking geeky as shit. And I was like, I didn't tell my, so I had my online friends and I had my <laughs> offline friends and they didn't, they did not Venn diagram at all, Yeah, but it was whatever. And now it's totally fine. But at you that time, were the Venn diagram. I became the Venn diagram anyway. So at, at some point they, all of my guildies came to uh, Vegas for fanfare. I think that's what that was called. Anyway, they attended. I didn't. But then afterwards there was like the let's get drinks afterwards and cause we're in Vegas and let's get drunk together. And I showed up for that. And it was great because it was like, you could just imagine this ensemble cast being put together in a comedy movie because it's like all these, you know, world of work, the world of Warcraft South, South park episode. That oh has yeah. A dude the very large guy balding on top. Breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying my, my guildies were like that, but there were some people like that there. And there are a lot of socially awkward people, like maybe their moms address them. I don't know. But they're all really awesome people because I like nerds. Yeah. Right? They're like PhD people who are like uh, instructors at university. They were like people that were like ABD, all but dissertation. They were very, very smart people in that group. And I fucking love them. They're great. But visually, they all look like, you know, your stereotypical, you know, geeks from the early 2000s. Right. And then you got me, who I have kind of this hair. I'm wearing in like this same. Yeah, but today I'm like casual as shit. But in Vegas, when I'm like going to a casino or going to a bar or something like that, like I dressed up and like you know we're talking like Lucky Brand jeans, kind of boots on. I have my like uh, my Zara kind of tight jacket, and I just look like I'm like half gay from Vegas. Typical me. And I show up, and they're just like. They're like, yeah, you know what, Mitch? We all just kind of, th and I was, sm I was a smoker at that time. So I just I show up smoking and I'm like, I got a fucking drink in my hand. I'm like, what's up guys? And I'm just like, I would be the character that was like cast to be different than the other ca characters for comic relief. D does that make sense? Yeah. And that's who I was. And anyway, we all got along great. It was totally fine. But like the second I showed up, they're just like, that's exactly, because they all knew him from Vegas. And they're like, that's exactly who we thought you were going to look like. I was like, hey guys, what's up? Let's talk about EQ stuff, EverQuest stuff. <laughs> But anyway, um, they ceremoniously promoted me to guild leader in Vegas in a sports bar. Did you get knighted? You know what? I wanted them to do it. I'm not going to lie. I wanted them to do that, but that did not happen. But they did give me a lot of tequila after that. Does oh. that does that count? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, why are we talking about Right. So so those are people that I only knew online and I met yeah. offline. And I have two other EverQuest friends who are like just friends that like would come and hang out in Vegas. And like, I'd like, you know, they could sleep on my couch and stuff like that. We're just friends. Cause we were like, you know, when you spend, like I spent hours on that game. And when you spend that amount of time in a game talking to somebody, you get to know them, you get to know their personality, yeah. you know, whatever. And then when you see them in real life, you, it takes you like an hour to get used to like, oh, this is what they physically look like. Right. And then you're done. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've done the same things. I made a ton of friends playing online games growing up and yeah, it's totally normal to me. So this was just like, as you said, a just a case of some asshole who is verbally uh abusing his girlfriend they didn't even say if they're dating yeah but just like, like you know a girl that he found online but the thing is yeah. that the reason why it's sensationalized is because it's online oh my god yeah well let's like talk about all the good stories how many people have found each other on dating apps and got married and had like completely normal lives Probably in recent years, like majority of people who, especially during yeah. the pandemic, oh yeah. my god, like who the hell, who are you meeting when you're stuck in your bed, in your bedroom, like in your boxes in front of your computer? Yeah, you know. So anyway, so it was, it's a it's a dumb thing. I'm totally cool with online stuff. Like one of my favorite books is Ready Player One. Ready Player Two was kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and uh, the <laughs> movie, the movie. 
I don't know. The movie had fun parts, but it, it was, wasn't. It yeah. wasn't like a, a good adaptation of the book. I think it was like its own fun little thing. Like it's, all of the the shining parts, I I like that, but it was not. It's 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 like when you watch Jurassic Park. Okay, Jurassic Park the book and Jurassic Park the movie relate in some ways. There's dinosaurs. There are dinosaurs there. <laughs> But like other than that, it's a very, very different world. But what Spielberg made with Jurassic Park, the the later movies just put those aside. But what he made with the original movie is just was magic. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a pleasurable thing. It was like a popcorn movie and it was good. And it made a lot of, you know, they did a lot of firsts in Hollywood. Even if the the Velociraptor does disappear for a couple of frames while the T-Rex is eating it. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Mistakes were made, okay. <laughs> but uh but Ready Player One, I was expecting the same thing. I was expecting, it's not going to be the book, but I was expecting it to be fun. And it was fun. And it is a guilty pleasure sometimes to put it on just because it has all that great 80s music in it. Because yeah. it's scored so well. But I don't know. On my yeah. expectation gauge, that was pretty low anyways. It's still kind of like, I mean, like one of our friends pointed out like at the beginning, sorry, we're going to geek out on, on, on <laughs> Small Talk Japan. We're going to geek out. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> Uh, where they're like, if you haven't seen the movie, like the first gate, sorry, I'm going to just skip ahead 30 seconds. The first gate where it's like, you know, to, to go forward, you got to go backwards. And they're like, it's yeah. a race. And like, no one had thought to go backwards at the beginning of the race. Somebody, somebody would have done, done that, that the first time. Yeah. The first race, somebody would have just been like, oh, I hit the wrong button. Oh, oh, I, I got, oh, I got I the win. key. Yeah. Did, yeah. Like, I'm like, it's obvious that Spielberg has never played a video game. Uh, let's go on from video games to sex. Same sex. Okay. <laughs> uh, 64. So I'm going to read two things here. So one, a new poll shows that 64% of uh, people in Japan favor recognizing same sex marriage in Japan. And of the G7, Japan is the only one that doesn't really have any like legal constructs for uh, LGBTQ people. Um, and another re- weird thing that I was actually kind of surprised by, just maybe because it's such a polite society, but recently Kishida's, uh, one of his aides said that he didn't want to mm-hmm. live by gay people because he didn't want to see that because he's super inclusive and not a bigot whatsoever. Um, anyway, in a telephone story st- survey con- conducted over a three-day period from Saturday, just last Saturday, 88.4% also said that recent remarks hostile to LGBT people by former executive uh, secretary to Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, my favorite prime minister of all time, um, were inappropriate. And so, and I think that's true. I mean, I think it was inappropriate. It's very, and the thing is, is like, there's not a real strong history of hating on gay people here. They, they, during, I think before the restoration, gay people were celebrated in Japan. And so. I was surprised that, uh, I think it says in the article, uh, what's his name? Yoshimasa or something like that. Whatever. He, they fired him for well, that they remark. they fired him not because of what he said. They fired him because what he said got in the media. Yeah. You see, that's the difference. It's not, no one was like, we have, we have like purity of moral, of morals. And uh, we, we cannot, you know, stand you with this, this bigot attitude. No, if it, if no one heard about it and it wasn't in the media, they wouldn't have given two fucks. It's because they got caught. That's the only thing. It became a, a black scar for 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 Kishida, so he got a, a, a rid of it, so he could say, "Look, I'm not, I'm not, you know, because he is. He's, I think he's a bigot, whatever." Um, but anyway, so that's one thing. The, the other thing is the U.S. envoy. To, this is what world? The, what is it in the in community? What's it called? Not, uh, the darkest timeline. Darkest or? time, strangest timeline, or whatever. Something like that. When they're rolling the dice to see who goes pick up pizza. Do you know who Ram Emanuel is? 
No, I don't. No, you don't, right? No. You don't. You're too young. Rahm Emanuel was like one of the guys was who's in the like in Obama's team that got elected originally, and he was known for just. He had like I think he's from Chicago. Don't don't quote me on that, but because that's where Obama came from and everything, right? I think he's from Chicago, but he was just known as being like he's basically like the mafia. Like he's just so strong and he pushes so hard and he's missing a fingertip as well. Oh. I forgot why. There's a legitimate reason for this, but he's also he just looks like a bad dude. And he's got there's recordings of him saying some shit. Like, like just fucking ripping people. He's like he's the real like hardcore brass type guy. And I don't know how he got it. He's the US ambassador to Japan now. Oh. <laughs> but he is. And he's just like, Japan, your stance on gay marriage, you need to come up with some legislation to swiftly address this. Or else. Let me just see. Like, let's just look up what is what is Wikipedia say? Rom Emanuel. Let's just see what it says in controversy. Here we go. Let's bring it up. Okay, so this article says, that's a wrap. Here are Rahm Emanuel's top controversies and, and accomplishments as Chicago's mayor. <clears throat> so here we go. Emanuel's tenure as mayor, so this is after the Obama White House, he got elected mayor of Chicago, uh, was littered with missteps, blah, 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 blah. So here we go. Uh, it says, Emanuel was responsible for closing half of the city's mental health cl uh, clinics in 2012 during his first year in office. Most of the clinics, uh, according to the, to the uh, reports of the time, were on Chicago's south side. Wait, was he mayor before or after? Anyway, emotionally, uh, additionally, Emmanuel has publicly spoken uh, against medical med Medicare for all. So basically single pair. He was against it and actively tried to stop Pro President Barack Obama from pushing forward with the Affordable Care Act. So Obamacare, right? But perhaps most notably, Emmanuel received public backlash for his handling of the Lacan McDonald's murder by police. As mayor, uh, Emmanuel actively worked to stop the video of the officer who fired 16 shots into McDonald, a 17-year-old black teenager, from coming out publicly. So he's now the um, the ambassador to Japan. <laughs> Him and his, his nine fingers. Oh, boy. And he's like, Japan, you got to update your... It's just like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm for his message that, you know, that that japan should have clear and unambiguous lgbt legislation i get that he's saying that that's a good thing mm -hmm. but my god that messenger <laughs> he's just he's just a can of worms isn't he anyway speaking of dumb rules uh in rural japan student in japan misses week of class after school won't let him wear uh sweatshirt on a snowy day mm -hmm. so at a school they uh had a rule that students are allowed to wear gloves and scarves, but wearing sweatshirts was yeah. against the rules. So it was like a very cold day, minus 4.2 degrees Celsius, which is 24.4 degrees Fahrenheit in freedom units. Freedom units. Uh, went to his junior high school, and before he could enter the uh, entrance gate, he was stopped by a teacher, and they told him he had to take off his sweatshirt because they were, it was against school rules. Uh this is also following like uh, other other Japanese schools. Like there was a girl who had to take off her tights underneath her skirt uh, because wearing tights was against school rules and stuff like that. And also the Kagoshima boy a couple weeks ago who yeah. had to take off wasn't allowed to wear a coat to school. So the <clears throat> the stupid thing about this article is that the girl the dress code the dress code allowed her to wear uh, 
uh, him, sorry, him. it's a boy, yeah. uh, allowed him to wear certain types of sweaters, but not a sweatshirt. Yeah, a sweater is okay, but a sweatshirt isn't. So that was the thing, like keeping, you know, the proper look of it. And I, I get the idea, like, okay, that there's a dress code. There's, I understand that. But think about this from like a military perspective. This is, I mean, like, I think this is where uniforms even come from. I think, I, I think the base of the uniform comes from a military background, for military roots. You wouldn't send your fucking boys, your boots on the ground to the Antarctic, like to fight in like, I don't know, Siberia or something like that, where it's fucking cold in like a t-shirt and say, this is the uniform. No, you would provide them with the proper uniform and, you know, a uniform that or camouflage that would match the environment. Right. So why don't these kids have winter wear? Yeah. Economics. We talked about last week. It's just being cheap and they don't understand. And they also don't understand that the winters are getting colder here and the kids are less adapt to it because they, you know, before when the kids didn't even have heating in their homes, they do now, obviously after the war, you know, when they're poor, they didn't have a lot of things, but now they do. And so they're not even used to the cold. And, Oh, I forgot to talk about this, this story last, last time, but some university, I'm calling this from memory, guys. So don't don't quote numbers or anything on. But some university professor said something like sixty thousand old people are going to die this winter from heat shock because their poorly insulated Japanese homes are so cold. And when they jump into a hot bath, as the oh. Japanese do every day, there's like something like sixty or fifty or sixty thousand deaths every year from that. Yeah, I saw uh, on the news maybe a week ago, they were talking about that, like being careful about when you when old people come out of baths, it's so cold that they might just. I hate that. Like, I mean, my house is cold, uh, small <laughs> enough that my two air conditioning units are super good for the environment. <laughs> they, they keep it they keep it pretty warm right and then like it's also well insulated because it's a new building but my god i've lived in some japanese places i was just like like you could just poke the wall and your, your finger just keeps going through it until it's actually outside and you're like wow this is like literally a paper house yeah like i lived in some shitty shitty places but yeah uh my last story today japan's this is a really i love these kind of stories i love bringing these up because this is one of the reasons why i live in japan so um next door to kagoshima there's this place called miyazaki prefecture which is literally my favorite prefecture in Japan. Japan's rural post offices host unmanned shops to help seniors because if you get in, and this is this is a Miyazaki prefecture. Um, um, if you if you're in the sticks and you know you're an older person, you can't drive. For example, you, you know you get your little clumping of you know some houses, a couple of maybe businesses or something like that. Sometimes they don't have a general store, but they do have a post office mm. because I think over a certain amount of people, very small number of people, there's a mandate in Japanese law that they need to have a post office with a postmaster there, at least one staff. And so these post offices, these little cute countryside post offices are now renting space for a very, very, very reasonable amount. It's like, I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something like that. Shelf space that people, local farmers and stuff can like come and put their, their goods on the shelf. And then like, you know, they have like the, the, what's it called? The honor system box. Oh yeah. Where you just put the price of things on the, on the goods. And then you, the old people and the nice people just take mm. this and they put the coins in the box and then, you know, just do that. And that this services, uh, you know, underserviced communities who don't have access to stores. I think it's really fucking cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and uh, it says like people age sixty five or older accounted for fifty two point five percent of the population in uh, this particularly old retirement community. So um, it's one of the fastest aging uh, municipalities in the prefecture in Miyazaki. So it's like it's a welcome thing. And it says. <clears throat> Uh, it says meal times are not a struggle for seniors. He said, I can also, hmm? what does that mean? What are we talking about? 
All right. So supermarkets and home appliance shop, shops there have been uh, shutting down. So now that they they offer these like, you know, fresh produce and things like that, it's no longer a problem for them. And it's like, great. And, and a lot of these people have health problems, so they can't really travel that far. So it's a really, really good thing. Win-win for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Now, now let's talk about what yeah. I don't consider a win at all. Speaking of things that you love. No, no. <laughs> Korakuen's chocolate ramen mm. returns to restaurants. No. Wins over our most cynical taste tester from Sorry News 24. I can't imagine. I so just, I can't. Okay, continue. Do you think that chocolate and ramen would go well together? No, I don't. Like, how would I even? Oh. Well, released just in time for Valentine's Day. The Which chocolate, was a couple days ago. Yeah. Did you receive any? chocolates i got a lot of chocolate which means that my vp at the school got a lot of chocolate because i just like here you yep. are because i don't <laughs> eat sweets well anyways this uh ramen restaurant they made a chocolate ramen and white chocolate ramen uh for i believe this is the third year in a row and it also comes with a sasha which is a type of sweet treat with layers of white and milk chocolate weaved together to make a chocolate bar to put on top i don't know the, the other day, I forgot what it was. The other day, I, I ate something sweet as like a dare. And <laughs> I remember, because <clears throat> I don't do, I never eat sweet stuff. I, so artificial sugar, sweetener, stuff like that, and sugar. I just, nothing that I eat really has sugar in it. And the other day, like, I forgot. It's like something like, like pastry or something like that. And I ate it. And I just remember feeling like, I can't explain to you the feeling. It's not, it's not like a pain in my stomach. It's just like this overall sense of like, like a toxicity it just felt gross for like a couple hours after that. <clears throat> like my blood sugar probably just spiked and I was probably noticing that people who like have diabetes and stuff like that talk about like how their blood like spikes and valleys like feel. Mm. And oh my God, I was just like, no, 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 no. I don't know how you guys do sweets. It's just so gross. Yeah. I, I don't eat sweets <clears throat> nearly as much as I did, especially in like high school. Now I, I can't really eat. Have you ever had an adult cavity? Adult cavity? Like since I became an adult? Yeah, since, you know, since you have your adult teeth. So since, oh. since you were like 10 years old, have you had a cavity? Yeah. I've never had a cavity in any of my adult teeth. I don't eat any sweets. Oh, well, good for you. I think there's a correlation there. Maybe causation. Mm, I don't know. My my uh, my stepfather, he loves sweets and he's never had a cavity in his life. Either that or he's, just, he's got like fake teeth. They're just all fake. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Anyways, so I have a picture here of the chocolate uh, ramen. Like, if you told me that was like, like curry soup or something like that, yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay, I could eat that. But like, chocolate. Ugh. Well, the thing is, like, they, the people who ate this, they said that when you just smell it, you close your eyes and smell it, it just smells like overpowering chocolate smell. But when they ate it, it just tasted like a regular bowl of ramen, and it tasted like completely normal. Okay. So the only thing is like they didn't add any sweetener or anything to it. They just added uh, cacao oil um, to I it. I see. So, so it they, has that. They faked it. But but the gap between the you lo I love the smell of ramen, not the smell of the the cooking of the tonkotsu ramen. Right. That smells like diarrhea. Right. But <laughs> but the actual ramen bowl is a delicious like fragrance. Like it's mm. the aromatics of that is really really good. It's part of the experience. I don't want it to smell like fucking chocolate. Yeah. Like, have you ever had mole? Uh, maybe. Because mole is a similar dish, kind of. Like, it, it, it's a sauce with chocolate in it. I think cacao. Yeah, I think I have. So, I'm wondering if it kind of tastes like that. 
because it it looks similar to like a mole sauce. Yeah, I mean, like there are cur- certain curries out there, especially Japanese yeah, that curries have that have like chocolate. chocolate or like apple or honey or something that sweet in them. Yeah. Not really a fan of those, but I can still I can still eat them if it's savory enough. I can eat it, but if it's just sweet, I can't eat it at all. Mm. No thanks. But um, I don't know, like. I know, uh, you know, here's, here's a weird thing. So like when I, I, cause I lived in Japan and then I left Japan for a little bit and I came back to Japan and I just remember thinking the entire time I was in America, I was like, man, I just want to eat some real authentic Japanese ramen. I was like, I just kept craving ramen. And now that I live here, I've been living here for, I think 16 years. You've eaten it like twice. <laughs> I never go to ramen. Yeah. I, I never go to ramen. I never go to ramen. I can't remember the last time I went to ramen actually. No, I do. It was it was one of our chef friends was like experimenting on new oh. ramen, but that was that was like because he's like, please try my new ramen. Yeah, I think that was the last time I had ramen too. Yeah, I just don't go to ramen. Yeah, sorry. It's like when you're in. It's like you know when you were here in Japan. We're like, oh, I just want some Chipotle. I want some In and Out. Yeah. And when I go home, I eat it all in like one week. But I'm pretty sure if I was there for more than one week, I'd be like, yeah, can we see some normal food? Yeah, and the grass is always greener, right? You always crave the thing that you don't have easy access to yeah like i never eat sushi in japan but when i'm like in america i think like oh i could really go for some sushi but if you do eat sushi you eat it so sushi roll that's been our show today guys <laughs> <laughs> segwaying it back <laughs> uh you guys are in the comments today uh tell us do you split the bill with your girl or if you're a girl with your boy or if you're not straight whatever whatever flavor of human you do, are do you split the bill the with bill. your partner there you go yeah. or with your many people yeah. it's fine whatever i don't judge uh and then let us know about what you guys think about the the rocket like failure to launch that's kind of sad and uh chocolate ramen would you eat it would you try it also tell us have you seen this thing on Town? and what do you think about Town? i think we should meet Town. I would like to meet Cheetah. Cheetah, I'm pretty sure, has an English Twitter account as well. With the, the English is like wonky as fuck. Anyway, you can find links to all the uh, articles in the description, as well as a link to our Patreon if you want to help support this show. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening. And a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, Ellen, Dennis P., and Ellen Mary. You guys rock.